Good morning, ladies and gentlemen. It is Wednesday, December 23rd, 8.59 a.m. You know, we feeling good. We feeling great. Uh, welcome for welcome to another episode of the International Podcast. This is officially episode number eight, and uh, this is your very highly favorite host, Noah Williams. I really appreciate you guys tuning in with me. We've got a great lineup ahead. You know, we, we're back in the NBA season now. We're back in the swing of things. Um, we had a great return with a great uh, two great games last night, and I want to get right into it, man. So, you know, these games had tipped off last night. We had first we had the Brooklyn Nets. Um, going against the Golden State Warriors. And, and for the later on game, we had the Los Angeles Clippers facing the uh, returning champs, the Los Angeles Lakers. Great storylines, um, somewhat of rivalries here for the first game. You know, NBA and ESPN is great at really getting these matchups together for opening nights and, and Christmas nights and things like that. So, um, yeah, these these games are very highly anticipated. And um, what was more highly anticipated than, than KD's actual return? Uh, to the NBA. I think last night he finished with about 20, um, shot pr- pretty efficiently. Uh, he came back. He seemed to be in rhythm. He seemed to be KD again. You know what I mean? And, and I think that was the biggest concern for everybody was to see what um, what KD was going to be when he returned. Um, I think right now he's still working some kinks out of his game because I, I did see him missing shots that he normally would make. And uh, he seemed a little bit off yesterday, but I know that's going to be corrected soon. Kyrie looked like an absolute dog. Um, the shake and bake was going. Everything was going for Kyrie. Mid-range falling, deep threes falling, to the basket falling. I mean, he really outplayed Steph last night. He looked great. Um, Dinwiddie looked great uh, as another scoring option, a guy who can create for himself, create for others, move in transition, defend multiple positions at the guard. Um Dinwiddie looks like a really nice player. And then Levert, obviously, off the bench was absolutely killing. Um, This team is going to be an absolute force to be reckoned with. Not only is their starting five probably the best starting five in the NBA, it's either them or the Lakers, unquestionably the best starting fives in the NBA, but their bench is absolutely phenomenal. Um, When you have a fringe all-star player coming off your bench, like Karis Levert, um, it's going to be a problem for other teams. Uh, You could tell the way that um, Dinwiddie, and and Levert already gelled together with guys like Jared Allen and Joe Harris and then Kyrie and KD really just add everything that they're looking for, everything that they're already missing in that program. Um, now, I know everybody went crazy on Kyrie for speaking about the coaching situation and how it is a collaborative effort. And, um, you know, see, he don't really look at Steve Nash as like a, you know, overseer. It's just, it's all collaborative, you know. It's all like give and take kind of. That's basically what, what I got from what Kyrie was speaking on the coaching, but I, I, I know it sounds crazy, but it's probably not wrong. It's not far off from how they're they're actually approaching things out there in Brooklyn. Because I know if I was Kyrie and KD, like I played against Steve Nash, like I played against Amari Stoudemire, and for and for KD and Kyrie, they probably dominated both of those players. Like, yeah, they gonna listen to the things that they got to say. Like, oh, I'm I'm gonna be open to what you got to say, Steve Nash, but like. You you're not better than me though. So like, what can you really tell me as a, as a player? Like that's 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 I feel like that's the perspective that that Kyrie and KD is really looking at it from. And I understand like you got to have respect for your coach because that's your head coach at the end of the day. You know what I mean? What he implements into the offense, you probably got to run it. But um, I don't think that Steve Nash would go ahead and implement or make changes in the offense without consulting Kyrie and KD first. And I think that's what Kyrie meant when he said, you know, the coaching thing is a collaborative effort, you know, because 
Steve Nash is most definitely not just going to throw some random offense in there without speaking to his stars first. Like, come on now, let's be real. And that goes for every franchise, whether that's Houston, you know, uh, the Lakers. Frank Vogel's not going to create some new offense without talking to LeBron first. Every I feel like every coaching situation with a star player or star players is a collaborative effort. Like, Golden State is not just doing shit without talking to Steph first. You feel me? Like, it, it, that's just how it's going to be in the NBA. Like, it's not the NFL. And even in the NFL, like, you still got to talk to your, your quarterback, your star players, your receivers before you implement some new offense. Like, it's going to be collaborative. So everybody trying to dog Kyrie for, you know, trying to be this outspoken figure. Like, and I get it. Like, I definitely understand because a lot of the shit that he says is just pretty out of pocket and, like, sounds pretty random and, like, just weird. Like, bro, what are you talking about? But um, for the most part, I think – with that, when you're speaking about um, coaching being a collaborative effort, I'm I'm right there with him. You know, I think everybody just wanted to drag it and make him seem stupid and make him look dumb and clown him and stuff. But I mean, he's not wrong. Like he he's definitely not wrong. Um, when you're somebody of that magnitude and you can play the play the game as well as he can, um, you can't be mad at those things. Like you like you you just gotta admit, you know, he just he he's cold and and. Uh, yeah, he's definitely like that. So, <sighs> excuse me. Yeah, Kyrie is definitely not to be reprimanded um, at all for that. So, yeah. Um, yeah, so basically back to the game, though. Uh, right from the jump, Brooklyn jumped on him. Brooklyn jumped right on these boys. And Kyrie and KD made a statement like, yo, we're, we are the best duo in the league. It's either going to be us or them boys out in L.A., but we damn sure the best duo out in the Eastern Conference. You feel me? Like, mid-range, pull-ups. They got every they got everything in the bag, and them boys was playing good defense too. Like, it almost made – they made that Golden State team look like a G League team. Yeah, Steph was getting hit. Steph was doing what he had to do. But the rest of that team, they made them boys look like a G League team. I think they had them by about 30 at one point. You know, it was really no competition. It, it was uh, JVs versus varsities to an extent. So I'm really excited to see this this Brooklyn team moving forward, especially this Christmas Day game and uh, how their their chemistry and how they're gelling later on in the season. Because you know, I, I feel like sometimes when you got talent like that, um, it's easy to gel. It's easy to gel, and it's easy to play well. You know, look look good, um, but as egos start to collide, I feel like that's when the problems start to occur. So that's going to be the most interesting thing with the Brooklyn Nets, I feel. Because right now, from from what I've seen right now, KD is back in full form and full force, ready to do what he's got to do. Um, but if that ego, his ego, Kyrie's ego, Levert's ego, you know, Dinwiddie's ego, somebody has a problem with what's going on, I feel like that'll be a detriment to their success. Just because, like, looking on the other side of the NBA, right, you have the Los Angeles Lakers and like their team camaraderie right now is really crazy. Like, and I really pay attention to things like that because I think those are like the little things that really set a team apart. I think that was actually one of the biggest problems in Houston as to why they couldn't really get over the hump. I feel like they never had that camaraderie as a, as a full team because James Harden was never, never fully held accountable. And I think that's one of the reasons why, Russell Westbrook wanted to get out of there so badly. You know, they're boys. Like, that's – because I know if, if I was hooping with my best friend, like, I wouldn't want to leave playing with him unless it's really a problem with what he's what he's got going on. And I feel like it's the whole accountability thing. 
you know, um, with James Harden, he's he's never seemed to find that real playoff success where he can get to the NBA Finals. And and I think it's not his talent. Like, it's not his talent. It's not his clutch gene. I feel like it's really his lead, like, lacking in leadership and lacking to be able to, you know, you know, round the troops or what, or how they say it, um, and get your guys ready to play and, and get your guys confident the way that a Steph Curry does or the way that a LeBron James does. I think LeBron James, his method of bringing the best out of his teammates is something that we've never really seen in the history of sports or basketball. Um, I think Jordan brought the best out of his teammates. I think Magic brought the best out of his teammates. I think Kobe brought the best out of his teammates. But LeBron does it in such a different way than all of those guys. Like, LeBron does it almost by, like, empowering his teammates. You know, it seems like Mike and Kobe more so scared their teammates into playing well. You know, like, oh, as if it was almost going to be a consequence if they didn't play well. Um, but LeBron is it's like, yo, like, you're my boy. Like, I want to see you shine. Like, he's giving people the confidence to play well and get in their bag. And I think when people say, you know, LeBron makes his teammates better, and it's not necessarily by, like, passing the ball or creating shots for him. Like, I think it's more about – putting that confidence and instilling that confidence in your teammate when he misses a big shot. It's not a big deal, bro. Like, let's get back to it. Let's get back on defense. You know, I think LeBron really has that attitude with his teammates, which creates such a better environment. Um, I know he's super about, like, the group chats and the handshakes and the team dinners and stuff like that. And I think those are the things that really set them apart from the rest of the NBA last year in the bubble. And I think this year as well, I feel like these guys really, really gel together well. You could tell that they have relationships off the court. And I think with any team, whether that's a basketball team, football team, baseball team, track team, when you have those relationships with your teammates outside of the track and you care about them, it's only going to make the team benefit because I feel like you're going to hold your teammates and your brothers accountable. I've experienced on teams, basketball teams, football teams, track teams, at all different levels, right, where team morale and team camaraderie is all over the place. Um, you know, I've been on teams where the star guys just stick, just hang out with the star guys and they don't really integrate or, 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 or associate with the, with the rest of the teams. And that, that has always caused an issue with the team. That is always every time 10 out of 10 cause a conflict with a team. But, um, I feel like every time I've been on a team where everybody's cool, top to bottom, you know, there's no egos colliding. Everybody's on the same page. Those teams have been championship teams. Um, those teams have been successful teams. And those teams have, have have been fun teams, you know. And I think that's the environment that um, LeBron creates. So if, if KD and Kyrie can somehow formulate um, that type of environment in Brooklyn, I don't think it's anything stopping them. Because when we speak on talent, top to bottom, they have the best, most talented roster, um, most balanced roster, most filled out roster. It's not like they really have any holes in their lineup. They have rim protectors. They have great guys who can come and set a screen. They got three-point knockdown shooters, corner shooters, catch-and-shoot guys. Guys who can create off their own dribble, guys who can defend. Like they literally have everything that you look you could possibly want in a basketball team. So the biggest question for them is that ego thing, is that team chemistry thing, is that camaraderie thing. Um, because I think Steve Nash, uh, Amari Stoudemire, Mike D'Antoni, I think those guys are gonna do just fine. Jock Vaughn, I think those guys are gonna do just fine. Um, and D'Antoni's proven to be a successful coach in the NBA. Yeah, he doesn't have a ring, but He's gotten one seeds consistent top of the top of the West. Um, it's just so damn hard to win the West. Like I really don't put that on his on him as a coach. I don't ever think he had um the roster to quite get there. You know, and uh, coming out of the Western Conference. He he was close, but um never never quite 